Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on networking strategies for introverts. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Matthew Pollard on the mic. He's called The Real Deal by Forbes, and he's the best-selling author of The Introverse Edge, Amazon's eighth most sold book of the week and Book Authority's number two best introvert book of all time time. And today, Fire Nation, we'll be talking about the number one networking mistake that introverts make and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. A new year is the perfect time for new habits and Headspace can help. It's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash fire for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. That's headspace.com slash fire. Ready to launch and sell your online course? Then you need to tune in for Amplify 2021 with Thinkific. This free jam-packed event produced by our friends at Thinkific will bring together 20-plus international course creation experts to share their behind-the-scenes tips and strategies to get you on the fast track to launching a course that will sell. Visit thinkific.com slash amplify to RSVP today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash amplify. Matthew, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. It's great to be here, John. And I think the the thing that most people don't know about me is that, you know, I'm incredibly introverted and I actually don't get out that much. So during the, the COVID crisis, you know, I actually loved being at home that whole time. And, you know, I was actually probably happier during that period than anything else. See, for me, it's kind of funny, too, because even though I am an extrovert, I really love like this feeling of not being able to travel because now I just don't feel guilty when I'm not traveling. I'm like at home, I'm like, oh, I could be in Paris this weekend or I could be in Rome or this or that. And I was always kind of like, oh man, that I should, I should do something like that. But now I'm just like, well, I'm stuck here. I'm going to make the most of it. I've got my dog. I got my girl. I'm just going to hang out and make it happen. So even the extroverts, I think that are out there, can feel that vibe too. So that's very cool stuff. And Fire Nation, if you don't recognize Matthew's voice, voice. He's been on Entrepreneurs on Fire before, of course, especially when he was here to talk about The Introvert's Edge, which was Amazon's eighth most sold book of the week. So really, really impressive stuff what he's done with that. And that's where I want to start, Matthew, because your first book crushed it. Tell us what motivated you to write that book specifically. And of course, as entrepreneurs, we want to know why was it so successful? What strategies and tips can you share around that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the thing that surprises most people is, you know, I actually didn't want to write that book. You know, I, I it kind of happened because of the situation that I, I found myself in. But, you know, I actually had a reading speed of a sixth grader in late, late high school. And because of that, I was luckily enough diagnosed with this thing called Erlen syndrome when I was 16, which basically means I put on a pair of funny colored glasses and miraculously I can learn to read. Not like everyone else, I can start the process of learning. But that with my acne and braces, as you can imagine, I wasn't the most extroverted person on the planet. I was super shy. And luckily enough, I hustled through the last two years of high school, got in the top 20% of my state, but everyone could tell. I mean, I was exhausted. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So I just convinced my family that 
I you know, was going to take a job to find myself for the year. And I, I took a job at a real estate agency. And I'm sure people are thinking, oh, he's doing a sales job. But no, I wasn't. I was the guy in the back office with you know, a look on my face saying, don't speak to me. I'm here to do data entry and find myself. So you know, what happened, though, is about three weeks into the job, my boss comes up to me and says, Matt, unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go. They've just decided to close down this office. I mean, this was just before Christmas in Australia. So we go on holidays for about a month there. It's summer and Christmas at the same time. And the only jobs I could get were commission-only sales roles. So I took a job selling door-to-door commission-only telecommunications. And I got put into the business team because I was the only one that showed up at an interview at that time in a suit. And after five days product training and not a single second of sales training, I get thrown on this road called Sydney Road in Melbourne, Australia. And literally, I just had this realization. No one told me what to say. I didn't know what to to do when I walked in the door. So I begrudgingly took a deep breath, went in and got told to leave. And then after that, I got sworn at. I I got told to get a real job. That was always my personal favorite. But on the 93rd door, I made my first sale. I made $70. I still remember being ecstatic for about 45 (laughs) seconds. 45 seconds. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, you got to remember the next realization I had was I got to do this again tomorrow and then the next day and the next. It just wasn't okay. And I think a lot of the entrepreneurs listening probably have been in that situation. And two things come to mind. Am I going to hustle through it? Which is, you know, the hustle mentality is great. But that would have meant every day was likely going to suck for this introvert that was terrified of selling. Or am I just going to give up? And I mean, I watched my dad break his back 80 hours a week to support the family. There was no way I was going to say day one's too hard. I'm, I'm out of here. So I decided to take responsibility and I went, okay, sales has got to be a system. So I went looking for that system. But remember, I had a reading speed of a sixth grader. So picking up a Brian Tracy or a Zig Ziglar book, not going to happen. So it would have taken me a year to read it. So I literally hopped on YouTube and I typed in sales system and all these videos came up. Well, every day I'd go out eight hours a day selling and then I'd go home eight hours a day practicing. And weekends were great. 16 hours I'd spend practicing. Probably not sounding fun to anyone, but every day I got better. Soon it was 71 doors, then it was 48, then it was 31, then it was 26, 18, 9. Eventually I got it down to, on average, three doors before I'd wow. make the sale. <laughs> it just, surprisingly enough, six weeks in, my manager pulls me aside and says, Matt, we're kind of blown away by this because I was the quiet guy that handed my paperwork in downstairs and then went up to listen to all the boisterous salespeople talk about how hard the market was. And he said, you're actually the number one salesperson in the company. We just got the national sales report. Well, naturally, they thought then because I could sell, I could manage. So they promoted me and, you know, I got given 20 people. They all quit within three days because I had no idea how to manage. (laughs) It was just a terrible situation. Back to YouTube, learn to manage, wonderful tool. And then, you know, fast forward about a year, I'd been promoted seven times. Fast forward a decade, I'd been responsible for five multi-million dollar success stories. So I'd gone from terrified to sell to teaching hundreds how to do it. But what happened with the book was when I moved to the US in 2014, I t- started teaching people what I call the three pillars for rapid growth. And sales is number three. And before that, because everybody seeing me from stage goes, that guy must be an intro, uh, sorry, must be a natural salesperson, must have that gift of gab. So I tell my introverted story of how I became successful in selling. And while some people came up and said, Matt, you know, I really got some great value out of the content. So many introverts came up and said, I had no idea as an introvert I could sell. So I started telling other people to write a book on introverted selling, and everybody kept telling me, no one's going to read it. Who would buy a book on introverted sales? 
Well, I ended up working with a ghostwriter who came to me as a client that I took from 27,000 in 2013, I think 12 in October of 2014 when he came to me. We took him to 120,000 by the end of the year and just shy of 300,000 the following year. And this guy was scared of speaking to on sales calls. He tried to sell via email beforehand. And he said, Matt, you've got to put this into a book. And I explained my issues. And he said, well, let's work together on that. Well, we put together the book and launched it in 2018. I mean, it sold 31,000 copies so far. It's translated into nine languages already. You know, it, it hit all the sales figures that you, you know, nicely mentioned before. But I think the real key to its success is the fact that it's got no competition. I mean, there are thousands of books written for extroverts, and this is the only one, I like to say, it's the only one written for us, and it just teaches introverts that our path to success is just different to that of an extrovert. And as soon as we embrace that and the power of system in the sales process, we can actually outperform our extroverted counterparts. There's so many interesting things here, Matthew. And I remember when we first chatted, we were kind of going through a lot of the different processes that you've created. And, you know, there's so many people that reached out to me and Fire Nation who are like, man, I was an introvert and I literally like kind of thought I was in the minority. But then after hearing Matthew talk and like just kind of going out there and exploring a little bit more in the introvert world, I realized that it's actually pretty much the majority. And you know what? That's not a bad place to be because there's a lot of things that you can do in that. So you talked a lot about, you know, the book with the sales over 31,000. You know, I mentioned in the introduction how it was Amazon's eighth most sold book and Book Authority's number two best introvert book of all time, which is pretty phenomenal. Why above and beyond everything that we've already mentioned, was it so successful? Like, let's talk a couple specific tactics and strategies that you use to really make sure and enable this book to really just hit the charts. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think a lot of authors, they write a book and then they send it out into the world. And it's just like a business. If you if you have a business and you put up a website, you just hope people will come to it. It's going to be a long time before you start to make money. So I really took responsibility for learning how to promote a book. You know, I developed relationships with people at Audible who then promoted my book and actually got it out to their audience. I reached out to people like yourself, John, who gave me an amazing endorsement for the first book. People at Harvard, people at Princeton, people like Neil Patel, Marshall Goldsmith, and shared the content out with them and they, they endorse the books. Getting the endorsers is really important. And then making sure that you turn those into social images and videos and sharing them on social media is incredibly powerful because you get to tap in, into their marketplace. Right. I mean, using social media is hugely powerful these days. And I would suggest, you know, you're talking to a guy that came from the, you know, from the offline world, you know, direct sales, direct marketing was everything I knew. In 2014, I didn't even know how to change the word that to the word they on a website. Like, I'm almost ashamed to say that now. I thought online was a bit of a joke because I took pride in the fact that outbound sales was what I was good at now. And when I learned how to actually leverage the power of online to promote a book, wow, it was hugely powerful. But the other thing is you've got to get people behind your launch. The, I mean, we launched a, a podcast called The Introvert's Edge off the back end of the book, and we interviewed what I call introverted titans. Mm. And you were talking before around, you know, everyone's launching podcasts these days, but you've got to have a mission that you're on. And the, book, the, the podcast and the book is on a mission to help inspire introverts to realize that they're not second-class citizens. Their path to success is just different. And so we started to interview, I mean, these amazing people, I mean, 
Zig Ziglar, we were talking about sales before and how surprisingly there's all these amazing surprise introverts. Well, Zig Ziglar, the most well-known sales trainer on the planet, I interviewed Tom Ziglar, his son, on the podcast because Zig's no longer with us, and he talked about how his dad was introverted. Wow. You look at Jeb Blunt, who wrote the foreword for my next book, The Introvert's Edge to Networking. He's one of the most well-known sales trainers on the planet now. He's introverted. You look at Ivan Meisner, who I interviewed on the podcast. Ivan Meisner founded B&I which is the the largest networking group on the planet and i think they've got something they've got thousands of networking groups well he found out that he was an introvert as well he actually there's a there's a blog post if anyone's interested called oh my god i'm an introvert by ivan meisner where <laughs> he was bragging about being an extrovert to somebody with his wife present and his wife said no you're an introvert and he's like, well, you can't, I can't be, you know, I, I, I obviously I started a networking group. It's the most successful in the world. I have to be an extrovert. But she said, well, whatever you want to believe. So he, of course, went away, did the test and found out that he was an introvert. What he discovered was that because he found networking uncomfortable, he went a- away and created a system to make it make more sense. And because of that, that's what created B&I. You know, he actually endorsed my new book saying, you know, the whole idea of process and system is what he created in B&I. And and that's what my new book, The Introvert's Edge to Networking, does. It focuses on bringing systems to all of networking. But the focus around everything that I did to launch the first book, and now I'm replicating with the second, is it's about getting that mission out with like-minded people that care about seeing that mission succeed and using other people who are already authorities to their own groups of people and leveraging to their audiences. That's truly a power that the digital world has made so easy now and allows somebody that, I mean, when I first met you, John, 2014, I was introduced by Judy Robinette, and I really didn't have a huge network. Now, you know, I have an amazing network of people that support my work, but it's because they believe in my mission and because they understand I'm here to serve the introverted small business owner. And that's an, a, a, a group of people that they're also aligned with helping. Fire Nation, so much value here. I love how he was talking about the endorsements being such a big thing. And again, this is stuff you have to plan for weeks and months in advance. You can't just snap your fingers and have all these great endorsements. You've got to work for them and earn them. And then, you know, once you do, of course, make sure you're sharing on social media because that's building up your credibility, tapping into their networks. And of course, get a launch team for your launch, Fire Nation. Get people excited about it. Like, I love how you have that phrase, introverted titans, that make people feel like they're part of the family to get out the message to help make this a success. And Fire Nation, if you think Matthew's even close to done dropping value bombs, you've got another thing coming. Stick around. As soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors, we will dive right in. Imagine you can learn everything you need to know about creating, launching, and selling an online course in just two days. Great news. Our friends at Thinkific are inviting you to kick off 2021 at their free online event, Amplify, where you can do just that. This jam-packed virtual summit will empower you to create, launch, and scale your first or next online course. Over the two days, you'll hear from me and the 20-plus other top course creation experts who have created transformational online courses that their students rave about. So if you're ready to create an online course to help you reach a wider audience, build revenue, and make a bigger impact, then Amplify 2021 is a must-attend event. 
Tune in from anywhere, even the comfort of your home, for interviews and real tactical workshops spanning everything from course creation to business strategy and marketing and growth. Sign up for free today at thinkific.com slash amplify. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash amplify. Imagine you can learn everything you need to know about creating, launching, and selling an online course in just two days. Great news. Our friends at Thinkific are inviting you to kick off 2021 at their free online event, Amplify, where you can do just that. This jam-packed virtual summit will empower you to create, launch, and scale your first or next online course. Over the two days, you'll hear from me and the 20-plus other top course creation experts who have created transformational online courses that their students rave about. So if you're ready to create an online course to help you reach a wider audience, build revenue, and make a bigger impact, then Amplify 2021 is a must-attend event. Tune in from anywhere, even the comfort of your home, for interviews and real tactical workshops spanning everything from course creation to business strategy and marketing and growth. Sign up for free today at thinkific.com slash amplify. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash amplify. Matthew, we're back and you've now written a new book and this is going to be the second in the Introverse Edge series. And this time you're going to be focusing on networking. So why do you think that so many introverts struggle or even hate networking? And of course, as the learners that Fire Nation is, what would you suggest that those listeners who are introverts do differently? I think one of the the biggest hurdles when we see the networking world is we see two groups of people. You've got those transactional networkers that I would never want to be where they're just walking person to person. Do you want to buy from me? Do you want to buy from me? Do you want to buy from me? It's horrible. And that's why a lot of people, even extroverts, shy away from being that type of person. The problem is that that means that they go to networking events and they try and they almost feel uncomfortable about telling people about what they do. So they end up fostering relationships with people, but they walk out with these loose relationships that you could call friends, but they already, especially introverts, they already have enough friends that they don't have enough time to meet up with. So those cards just sit on the desk collecting dust until they go to the next event and gets added to the pile. Or they have a loose conversation about what they can do for somebody. But the problem is that that conversation becomes it, – it's more of a data dump where they just – throw all these ideas at somebody where they explain the, the functional elements of what they do and all of the, the information. It's, sometimes people even move into a full-blown coaching session and they think they're helping, but what they've done is they've actually opened up the fire hose of information. So they, they then get home and they're like, oh, I just keep helping people and they never seem to be willing to pay for me. But what they're doing is they're going home and they're putting the card on the desk again and hoping that that person calls all of this is why most people think that networking doesn't work. The truth is networking does work. You're just doing it wrong. What I always suggest is that there's a third type of networking that most people don't do. And that what I call it is strategic networking. But it doesn't start when you go to the networking room. I mean, so many introverts will book, they'll, they'll tell themselves out of desperation, I have to go to that networking event. They'll put it in their calendar and they'll do their best not to think about it until they begrudgingly get in their car and go, which means you've basically created this self-fulfilling prophecy of failure. 90% of networking is done before you even go into the room. And I think that the biggest thing that you need to prepare before you go is how are you going to introduce yourself? 
Now, I have to tell you, when I first came to the US, I wasn't the best networker. I mean, because of my success in sales, you know, I was able to create some really great businesses and my success in business actually made me pretty successful and well-known in, in Melbourne, Australia. When I moved to the US, you know, I, I met a girl. Every story, a good story starts with a girl, right? So I moved, to the, I moved to the US for her. And I mean, she was more introverted than I am. So she didn't know anyone. She just moved to Austin herself. So here we are, these two introverts that know no one. And she's got a full-time job, but I've got to start a business. But this is the first time, instead of selling a product or service that was external to me, I decided that I wanted to teach people, small business owners, how to obtain rapid growth in their business. So instead of going out and direct selling, which is something that I would always suggest you do yourself, it's hard to direct sell when you're trying to charge high fees as a, as a coach or a Big consultant. Time. So what I did is I said, okay, well, I have to do this through networking. The problem was I had no idea how to network. As a matter of fact, my first experience networking was really trying to foster a friendship. I met this guy at the apartment complex I lived at, and he was a, 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 he owned his own gym, and he told me all about his gym, and then he asked me what I did. And I said, oh, I'm a sales trainer, thinking that that was a cool thing to call myself. I hadn't really worked it out yet, but I thought it was going to be something to do with sales. And he said, oh, I had this really bad experience with a sales trainer once. You know, he the way he described it, that person was one step above a con artist. Now he's looking at me like I'm one step above a con artist. So I then start explaining that sales and needs really to have much more of a marketing approach and a lot of the heavy lifting could be done. And now I felt like I was selling to him. I didn't even mean to. He just asked me what I did and I told him and now I'm defending who I am. Now, that was hugely awkward. I mean, after that, I felt uncomfortable walking past him in the hall. So luckily enough, we only moved, we moved out, you know, a couple of months later, but that was networking for me first. So I went, okay, now I'm going to go to these networking rooms. I'm definitely not going to call myself a salesperson or a sales trainer. I'm going to use the word marketing. And what I found is the responses people gave me was, I'd say I was a marketer and they'd say, oh, that's nice. And then there was that awkward pause. And you know, if I hadn't asked them what they did yet, I would then ask them and they would tell me and then we'd all make excuses to go to the restroom. <laughs> or, I mean, that's just what happens in networking, right? Or, you know, they would say, oh, I need a marketer. How much do you cost? And now I'm talking about price without even explaining my value, which no one should do in, in selling. No one should do in networking. It's the worst thing to answer that question. But now you seem like you're dodging the answer. So I started to look up what to do. And I discovered this thing called the elevator pitch. Now, for me, that whole, I do this for this group of people, even if, they had this kind of objection or problem, that to me felt so transactional, so salesy. And I felt like if I said that to someone, this person would be thinking, wow, this person's really suave, they're really salesy, I need to get away from this person. So I went looking for another way to introduce myself. And what I discovered, or what I created, was this concept called the unified message. Now, the unified message is designed to really change the balance from somebody seeing you as a commodity and either not being interested or asking what you cost to leaning forward and going, what exactly is that? Now, the key to a unified message is not fitting into any box that they know. I'll give you an example. I worked with this client, Wendy, in the past, and you know she was a language tutor. 
So, you know, she successfully charged $50 to $80 an hour for private consultation for nearly a decade. But the problem was there were all these people moving into California, wanting to start their own businesses, charging $30 to $40 an hour. She's now competing in this global marketplace we live in. So there are people over in China willing to do it for $12 an hour on Craigslist. And thanks to our friends in Silicon Valley, there are now people, you know, I'll teach you Mandarin, you teach me English, we won't charge anyone anything through these software programs. So she's competing against free. So she comes to me for a sales training to understand how to compete in that crowded marketplace. And I said, there's no competing. What we've got to do is sidestep that battle altogether, or eventually it's going to come down to a conversation about price. What I did is I started to look at all the customers that she'd worked with. And what I realized is of the hundreds she'd worked with over the years, there were these three executives, sorry, two executives that she'd worked with that really she helped them with three things. The first one was this concept, uh, well, it's the Chinese word for rapport, your Chinese way of developing rapport. So John, if I was to sell you something in the US, if I was a really bad salesperson, I might say something to you at the end of 45 minutes, something horrible like, so do you want to move forward? And you'll say, yes, no, everyone's favorite, let me think about it, right? Well, in China, they're going to want to probably see you five or six times before they even discuss business. They're probably going to want to see you drunk over karaoke once or twice. So you can't (laughs) get straight into sales. It just doesn't work. And she helped them understand that. She also helped them understand the difference between e-commerce in China and e-commerce in the Western world. And the third, she helped them understand the importance of respect, how to handle a business card, why it's so important that you do it the right way, why learning their language isn't as important as reducing your accent. And I said, Wendy, stop. You stop. Is it you're doing so much for these people? What are you doing? And she's like, What do you mean? They're just a few things. I'm just trying to help. Just like everyone listening, more often than not, the reason why you introduce yourself at a networking room by your functional skill is you're so stuck in your functional box. I said, Wendy, is it fair to assume as a result of this assistance, these people are going to be more successful in China? And she's like, Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the point, right? So I said, Well, why don't we call you the China success coach then? Instead of focusing on just Mandarin education, let's create what ended up being the China Success Intensive. It was a five-week program that worked with the executive, the spouse, and any children being relocated to, to, to China. Now, she loved the idea, but she's like, well, who do I sell it to? Now, this is also so vitally important when you're networking because she would have, if she went with her first answer, which is when I said to her, well, who do you think you sell it to? Her response was probably the executive. She would have spent all her time going to sell to executives, which makes sense because, I mean, I moved from Australia to the US. I was terrified and people speak the same language here. Imagine going to China. I just said it's not her ideal clientele, though. So she's like, well, obviously the corporations would pay. And I said, yeah, I mean, a lot of times corporations have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars riding on an executive being successful. I said, it's still not your ideal client, though. Frustrated, she looks at me and she's like, well, who then? I said, Wendy, your ideal client's the immigration attorney. She looked at me puzzled, and I said, well, you think about it. When you go to, you know, to speak to someone that's an immigration attorney and you want to go to China, they're going to be charging you five dollars to $7,000 to do a visa. But they'd be lucky to make two or $3,000 as profit. I said, so just ask them for $3,000, sorry, offer them $3,000 for a successful introduction to the China success coach. So she started networking with immigration attorneys. They thought the idea was amazing. They're like, double my profit for a simple introduction. What would I have to say? And when he simply said, you know, all you've got to do is say, congratulations, you've now got your visa. I just want to double check you're as ready as possible to be relocated to China. 
overconfident executive would respond, yeah, I think we're good. We've got our visa now. Thank you. We've got our place sorted. You know, we're learning the language. Kids are getting pretty good at it too. I think we're set. And they would just respond with, I think you need to speak to the China success coach because there's a lot more to it than that. When did then get on the phone with the easiest customer in the world? They were terrified to go. The organization was motivated to pay. And she charged $30,000 for the easiest sale in the world after the commission she made $27,000 instead of hustling every day to make $50 to $80 an hour. And think about like that warm introduction, Fire Nation. Like when you have that kind of introduction, like it literally just takes things to the next level and you can just say, hey, now I'm just here to educate you and to let you know exactly what these services are. And you've already come with that warm introduction. That next step is so much easier. And Matthew, you're obviously passionate. I mean, you just talked for 10 minutes without even taking a breath, which is unbelievably important. <laughs> Impressive. And what I really want to focus on right now is the number one mistake that introverts make when it comes to networking. Because, you know, extroverts make mistakes, introverts make mistakes. We all make mistakes when it comes to networking, but really dial it in, stay concise. What is the number one thing introverts make as a mistake with networking? The mistake really is when they go there, they define themselves by their functional skill. Like, so for Wendy, now she introduces people as. To a, she introduces herself to people as the China success coach, right? Instead of getting into the language tuition. For me, you know, I'm a business coach, I'm a branding expert, I'm so many things, but when I say I'm the rapid growth guy, all of a sudden that gets me heard in a crowded marketplace. They lean forward and they say, well, that's interesting. What exactly is that? The problem is so many people then get into a data dump. They then start explaining their functional skill and all the things that they can do to help. And then, of course, we're networking. So people constantly walk up and then ask, you know, and, and say hello. And you keep getting interrupted. The key in a networking room is to not get into jargon. Now, introverts, they're big on that. They'll start coaching people. They'll start helping people. They'll start providing advice. But what they're really doing is opening up the fire hose of information and they're overwhelming the person that they're speaking to. My suggestion is that networking, the best thing to do is to tell stories. See, the first thing that stories do is they short circuit the logical mind. Now, when you think about the logical mind, it's the part going, that'll work for me, that won't. You know, how long have I been speaking to this person? Okay, ne next, let's move on. The emotional mind literally loves stories. So when you tell a story, it short circuits the logical mind, you speak directly to the emotional mind, which just yells out story time and it listens. You know, we've worked with cold callers that use stories to go from taking logical objections for eight seconds before the customer hangs up to two and a half minutes. In networking rooms, people welcome stories. They don't like to be pitched. They don't like to receive jargon. So stories are a huge advantage. Also, people remember up to 22 times more information when embedded into stories. And more importantly for introverts, it actually, there's a study out of Princeton that highlights when you share amazing stories what actually happens is it activates the reticular activating system of our brain, which actually creates artificial rapport. Our brains synchronize. Now, of course, we want to foster deep rapport over time, but as soon as we tell a story, you know, when I speak from stage, as soon as I walk on stage, I'm uncomfortable as an introvert going on stage. I start with a story and I watch them feel more at ease. I feel more at ease. And from that point, I'm completely fine. And Fire Nation, just think about this. When's the last time you've heard somebody say, once upon a time? What happens when you hear those words? You lean in because you want to hear the story. We love the stories. We love when we can kind of 
just go to that place and be taken there and, and imagine that. And I love how history is actually broken down into his story. Because guess what? It's just stories of humankind. And that is powerful. So Matthew, Speaking of fire hoses, you've given us a fire hose of information today, and we have a lot in Fire Nation. You can see why it's important to pick up his books. He's got two books in the series now that really dive deep into this with the studies and the stories and a lot of critical things. What's the one key takeaway, Matt, that you really want to make sure Fire Nation gets from everything that you shared today? Then give us the best place that we can connect with you, any call to action you have, and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. So one of the the key takeaway I want everyone to have is that I want them to know that sales and networking are both possible for them. Not only possible that they can dominate in it and even outperform the extroverts, but not by winging it, which is what they normally do. What you need to do is realize that both sales and networking are systems, systems like anything else that can be learned, mastered. But you have to spend the time doing what introverts are great at practicing and planning out, then you'll find that you're going to be able to leverage your natural introverted gifts to dominate. Now, what I would suggest that my publisher hates me when I say this, but you don't (laughs) need to buy my books. What you do need to do is go to theintrovertsedge.com and theintrovertsedge.com forward slash networking. There, you'll be able to download the first chapters of both of my books, and both of them will show you exactly how sales and networking can be possible for you. It's going to show you the step-by-step process that you can follow, and because I'm so passionate about helping you, everything that you need to succeed is in there. You know, with my sales book, I talk about the fact in the first chapter that it's just seven steps, and if you do nothing more than grab what you currently say, put it in the right order in those steps and then fill in the gaps. You'll double your sales in the next 60 days. Networking, I outline it exactly the same way. So download the first chapters and start there and start to change your lives. Fire Nation, the introvertsedge.com slash networking. And I love how you say your publishers hate that, but the reality is they love it because they know that if Fire Nation reads the first chapter, they're going to want more and more and more. And you will, Fire Nation. So you know that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with MP and JLD today. So keep up that heat and head over to eofire.com, type in Matthew in the search bar, listen to this episode, past EOFire episodes, and you'll be able to get all the links to everything we talked about today in that show notes page. But of course, theintrovertsedge.com slash networking is the place to go for that free chapter. Matthew, thank you for sharing your truth, your knowledge, your value with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by Matthew. And if you've had your big idea, well, you'd already be ready to ignite. That's why I have a free training for those people who don't have their big idea to get there in less than an hour. Visit yourbigidea.io and I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. A new year is the perfect time for new habits and Headspace can help. It's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash fire for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. That's headspace.com slash fire.
Ready to launch and sell your online course? Then you need to tune in for Amplify 2021 with Thinkific. This free jam-packed event produced by our friends at Thinkific will bring together 20 plus international course creation experts to share their behind the scenes tips and strategies to get you on the fast track to launching a course that will sell. Visit thinkific.com slash amplify to RSVP today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash amplify.